everyone, and merry whatever you celebrate, and welcome to You Love to See It, the podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle Riendo, and I have a very special crew for you, a crew that uh, I'm introducing uh, to you, my parents. Uh, hi, uh, welcome, uh, Ty Gellies Rowe, uh, to my house. Hello, what a lovely uh, living room you have. Uh, where should I set this decorative plant that I have brought to your home? <laughs> oh, oh, anywhere's fine. Anywhere's fine. Uh, also have Natalie Flores here today. Uh, welcome, welcome, Natalie. Uh, these are my parents, and this is my home. Hi, hello. I brought nothing, but I hope y'all like tiny <laughs> Latinas. Thank you. Yes, it's, it's really lovely. Thank you very much. Also, uh, my friend John. Now, this is not uh, John from this movie, who is a very different person, but uh, John Warren. John is here today. Where uh, is your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your bathroom, please? I can say hi to you later. I have to go to the bathroom. Well, everyone, I think you can probably tell from that incredible <laughs> intro that this is the movie everybody's been talking about for the last, I don't know, three weeks. It's happiest season, and I've brought you to my beautiful house. I'm going to read the Wikipedia description, and then we're going to we're gonna get right in. We're going to yeah, cut right into this Christmas pie, uh, as it were. We are going to celebrate lesbian Christmas. <clears throat> happiest season is a 2020 American romantic comedy film directed by Clea Duvall, from a screenplay by uh, Duvall and Mary Holland. The film's ensemble cast consists of Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy, Mary Holland, Victor Garber, and Mary Streenbergen follows a woman who struggles to come out to her conservative parents during Christmas. Duvall has said the film is a semi-autobiographical take on her own experiences with her family. Everyone, I uh, I thank you for being here in my... Uh, <laughs> My beautiful living room, my my uh, upstate New York uh, living room or Pennsylvania or wherever the fuck we are here today. To begin, let's start with one little question. I just want to know, as somebody who has watched almost every lesbian movie ever made, because that used to be my job once upon a time, how many movies about queer women uh, supposedly, you know, actually written and directed by queer women, have, have y'all seen? How much is your exposure to the sort of uh, very special queer slash lesbian slash uh, sort of femme movie icon iconography? How, how close is it? Who wants to go first? Um, okay, I guess I should go first because I yes. asked who wants to go first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how um, that goes. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like I'm like, dabbled in a few on Netflix and I've seen some other ones like on the internet and not totally like legal sites um, oh yeah but yeah I had some this, of the classics yeah. I, I might ask something like but I'm a cheerleader or like Amy and Jaguar like, um, what, what are we talking here better than chocolate uh you know like blue is the warmest color which was okay, okay. that is a uh, and a bunch of others that I can't remember because my mom and I share a Netflix account. And so <laughs> when I had come out but wasn't quite as comfortable as I am now, mm -hmm. I would – I had this phase where I started just watching all the, like, 
sapphic slash lesbian slash queer lady movies on Netflix and then I would delete them from the history so that she oh. wouldn't see because <laughs> oh. then they'd show up and like previously watched or do you want to keep watching when there's like one minute left of the movie and I was like no 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 let's oh. not do that <laughs> oh. I don't know who watched that who watched that you? who watched oh. that at my house <laughs> <laughs> who, who, this who broke in and watched this lesbian movie? No. Who was watching gay shit? Um, that was also me to a degree. Um, but I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I've definitely seen. I've seen better than chocolate. I've seen, but I'm a cheerleader. Sure, sure. Uh, I've seen girl trash all night long, which is Good. an incredible film. It's very <laughs> yeah. bad. But taking notes, taking notes. Uh, yeah. Literally, literally, girl trash all night long. They were just like, "What if we take the cast of South of Nowhere and we just put them in the worst musical?" Yep. <laughs> and I was so here for it. It was incredible. <laughs> it's an incredible film. Um. So yeah, this is. Uh, I would say I've got a pretty solid grip on these these WLW yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. John, how about you? Have you have you seen much of this uh, very particular little canon? I mean, but I'm a cheerleader was such a dangerous movie uh, when I was, <laughs> what, what was that? Like 99 or something? Yeah, um, I think 99. Yeah. Like my parents had cable and I saw that come on one night and I was like, whoa, there's a lot, there's a lot of saucy stuff in this movie because I don't, <laughs> I don't represent, listen on the, I don't, dear listener, you might be wondering, wow, what a, what a star-studded panel of uh, of queer folks on this panel to talk about the lesbian <laughs> Christmas. And what the fuck is John Warren doing here? Well, I represent... <laughs> I, re I represent the other side of the story, which is conservative family uh, obsessed with Christmas and image. So I, I bring that... The biggest John is here to represent the white men. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> here to the biggest marginalization of which, them all. Which finally, am I right? Someone to speak for the white men. Uh, in I mean, to be fair, the, the white dude is a, is a pretty big stressor throughout this film. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Two white men are very stressful. So I've got... I've got I've got some insight to provide in this realm, but you I, I are did... the voice for the silent majority. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so glad. It's but an I did honor King. Finally, did... the silent majority could speak. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> on Fanbite, we give a voice to the voiceless. Um, <laughs> no, so but I did. I did eventually see. I, I think I watched, but I'm a cheerleader in like ten minute chunks because okay. I bet my mom read about it and was like. Oh, that's too much. Not necessarily gay stuff, but like sex stuff. Like that was, mm -hmm. and and because it was a, a very a super gay movie, uh, I, my mom was probably extra like I don't know how about yeah. exposing my child to this. Um, All and, that tense sex, you know, right. sex. You know, you know what they say about the lovers intense. Of course. Uh, also, just like like man RuPaul. Is oh yeah a whole thing in that film oh yeah it's yeah. a lot <laughs> being someone being someone who saw Drag Race first and then saw but I'm a cheerleader oh, it oh took my me way yeah. too long to figure out that that was fucking RuPaul sure like yeah an embarrassingly long amount of time yeah. to realize that that was the same person and oh I God. I guess I have a question about the genre is Bound yes. is Bound now oh, yeah. in this in this it is? yeah oh Bound is Dude, a I've huge, definitely that's I've a definitely big old gay movie okay 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, yeah, so of course I've yeah. seen Bound. Um, good, and good. I mean, come on. I would watch Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly uh, fold laundry for two yep. hours. Like, that's great. So That would be um, yeah. yeah, it would be. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. And I'm familiar with uh, um, with uh, Clea Duvall's work. Um, yeah. She's been in, like, a billion things uh, oh, yeah. over the years. Um, and yeah, but this was, um, this movie might as well have been called white Christmas. I don't know why it wasn't, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um, yep. but I, yeah, this was new in that canon for me. So, yeah. I will say briefly that I was the chief film person at AfterEllen.com way before it was a turfy wasteland when it was actually run by <laughs> cool people who were cool. Um, <laughs> like my entire life. From 2006 to 2013, um, I wrote like six or seven things uh, a month for AfterIsland.com. And I had a video blog where myself and my girlfriend at the time and two other close friends would review lesbian movies. Like everything from every era, 80s, 60s, 90s, you name it. Uh, So I think I watched basically all of them. Basically everything in this canon that was out at that time, I saw it all. And so I have a very special little soft spot in my heart for Clea Duvall, who, of course, is the hot love interest in But I'm a Cheerleader. She yeah. uh, is the girl who gets with Natasha Leone, in, in case you were wondering who she is in that movie. And I've actually been following this project with interest for a while because just like queer Twitter and Instagram have been real excited about Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart getting together in a gay Christmas movie. So... I was aware of this long before I watched it. Uh, and I was actually going to not watch it and just like watch it later in life kind of thing until- <laughs> I ruined your until, plans. Until Natalie brought it up. And I was actually <laughs> like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to dip in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to dip my little toe in. We're already in hell, it. baby. Let's just go Let's all the go. way. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's just go. Let's just go. And so- I did it, and my only viewpoint here as the person who's watched every fucking lesbian movie, uh, W for W movie, at least as they were out in a couple of years ago, I'm sure I'm missing several from the last couple of years, this is better than a lot of them, uh, just as a movie, in terms of like construction and craft and level of talent. Like, there, I wanna say there is a actually great cast here. Maybe not everybody on the cast is great, but in general, there's a lot of really, really talented, very funny people. And it is a movie that is not like basically one step above a student film. This is a movie that actually. I thought you were just gonna say it's a movie and just finish there. To be fair, most lesbian movies, the actual quality of the film yeah. is pretty, you're pretty lucky low. to say it's a movie. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Exactly. Have you ever seen uh, Loving Annabelle? Whoo! Loving Annabelle. Oh I think I saw that one because I watched it when I was like 16. Oh boy. Oh good. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just going to be really brief with the plot summary because I think we probably want to touch on a few scenes here because this is very much a movie, I think, where some scenes are pretty successful and other scenes Maybe not all the way. So we have our 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 love our lovebirds. They're going on a Christmas decoration tour, I guess. Question mark. Is this a real thing? Yeah. Is that, has anybody been on a Christmas decoration tour uh, in their life? There, is this real? There are definitely neighborhoods in like Austin and other okay. kind of like 
quirky, mostly white towns that do this. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we're like, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's like I know I, we didn't, we don't have the or like I've never been on like a guided one, but I've definitely like gone with my parents or like on dates to go like oh, drive around and look at Christmas lights. Yeah, I actually forgot the detail that it was guided and they broke away to it from it. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's thing fucking was a little wild. Bit weird to me, but like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking wild. Hi, this is the the uh, the Steinberger's house. Um, they put a inflatable Santa out this year. Ooh, right? ah, like I can see this with my eyes. Yeah, I don't need someone to guide me through that. But uh, I mean, I live in Bushwick and there are definitely like bougie fucking graffiti tours. That's a thing. Oh, God. So maybe I really shouldn't speak ever in yeah. my I life. I just feel like, what? yeah, like you need, a t- you need a guide for a ghost tour. I don't uh-huh. know that you need one for like Christmas lights. <laughs> right. Unless I guess right. if you're going by yourself and you like, you know, can't see but even then that just doesn't seem very fun yeah that, that yeah. doesn't seem very yeah fun. so we have our lovebirds it's it's uh abby and harper harper is the codependent one abby is the Kristen stewart one and uh they are discussing <laughs> christmas you know the two genders <laughs> the two genders <laughs> that's the two genders that you can be uh they are discussing christmas and they get bored with the tour sort of uh and Duh. they run away and then go to some random uh, reindeer kink appreciating uh, couple's house and they hang out on the roof until they get in trouble. And then we have some stunts. I was shocked that there were stunts in this movie. That was the first thing. I was like, oh, it's a movie with a budget. They have stunts. All right, cool. Uh, and it was probably a stunt double and not, you know, actually Kristen Stewart who, who fell into a inflatable toy. Uh, and we have our big inciting moment of Harper inviting Abby for Christmas. Now I'm going really fast here just because I, I, I want to breeze through, but if I miss something crucial here, please let me know. Did anybody want to uh, chat about this beginning, this inauspicious beginning of this movie? Seems fine so far. It's a very plot dense film. Yeah, I was about so. to say, I'd like, yeah, Danielle, please slow down. We don't want to miss we don't want to miss the important nuance of this this novel like film where I mean, to be a lot fair, of symbolism. To be fair, there is the key there is a key point in this beginning scene. Oh, that uh, that uh Abby is indeed uh, a person whose parents have died. Is that the part? Well, that and also when Harper gets all like caught up and is like, "Come to Christmas with me." Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's she, like a yes. moment. There's thing. clearly a moment where where Harper gets excited about this idea of bringing her home. Yes. And that had obviously not been on the table before, so that is important. Yeah. yeah it is. That is. That's true. That is. That is definitely the thing that that rolls it off. It's the small snowball that then becomes a a oh, snowman yeah. of a problem, uh, yes. if you will. Uh, we have a brief or scene. For a snow woman, because a you snow- hear <laughs> right. the manifest is filling up. The wool manifest is filling up shoes. Hey, very, hey, very <laughs> my friend Greg Ellis once said in his Natalie, now privatized the video. Natalie, shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow. I am so glad that this happened. Um, okay, we have a we have a brief scene uh, which shows our happy couple together in their gorgeous little studio. 
Um, not studio. <coughs> sorry, they have like a really, really pretty apartment. It's very nice. And it's so big. I was like, I was like there's no way. I, I was like, I guess because they're white, but like two <laughs> well, women earning yeah. this much money, so young. I like, mean, right. to be fair, Kristen Stewart's character is also like getting her doctorate in art history. So like, true. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wondered. I actually have a question about that. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Let's get to it and then I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we get to that, we we need to table this. We have a pin in this because I I really do want to discuss that scene a little bit and uh just just how real this is. We also learn uh pretty early on here that Kristen Stewart is a pet care professional. And I was watching this with my partner, who is a pet care professional and a grad student, and I, of course, am a writer editor. And my partner almost threw the TV over. They were just like, what? No, 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 this can't be it. And I just kept like freaking out. And I was like, I'm not like Harper. I'm honest. I tell the truth. I'm not codependent, which is like how I watched this entire movie. So that tells you something about me and my partner. Uh, that is probably more than everybody needed to know. So anyway, we talk uh, to our beautiful couple here. They have coffee. And Harper is starting to show some signs of... Uh, oh, I don't know about this. Uh, some, a little bit of reticence. Um, crucially, however, she does not decide that, hey, you know what's a good idea? To be honest with your partner. And we go on to another scene where we're introduced to maybe my favorite character, actually, in the whole movie, um, at least other than Riley, who is John. John, the... <laughs> Even John. Even, Even John. John. <laughs> John is sort of a very stock stereotype, uh, like, gay best friend character, uh, but he is played so lovingly, uh, so just in, with like delicious uh, scenery chewing verve, you would say, by by Dan Levy, uh, that he is a highlight for me, at least in this movie. Well, have you heard and of the, the show Shit's Creek? If you've ever seen five seconds of that, you've basically seen Dan Levy's character from this film, I would say. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe playing himself. It's basically he's Maybe, now he's yeah. he's this generation's Michael Sarah of just like oh <laughs> that's Michael Sarah and then yep. now now I see Dan Levy and I'm like oh that's Dan Levy you know so yeah. not necessarily yeah. a bad I, thing. I, I it's just funny with that character on like a spiritual level. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I just really like this person a lot. Yeah. Uh, what eyebrows like, too? Can we just talk about the eyebrows yes. in that fucking family? Those are yeah. great eyebrows. Really oh, just yeah. good eyebrows. Anyway, sorry. Incredible. I love eyebrows. Incredible eyebrows. Now, yeah. he does have one uh, rather disturbing trait, which is that he tracks people, which will be a plot <laughs> point. Real, obviously, many, many, many times. But we're introduced to him as uh, he and Abby get coffee. Uh, and, you know, they're discussing this relationship. They're discussing the fact that she is actually planning to propose to her girlfriend on this trip and they're going to meet the parents and blah, blah, blah. And here are all the instructions for taking care of all these pets. Uh, and John does not care about the instructions for the pets. That's fine. But he is very big on giving good advice uh, to Abby. Uh, and there's a great line here after they leave the coffee shop and they're just kind of walking on the street about uh, way to give, way to give it to the patriarchy. You're going to ask a grown man, uh, you know, if, if his daughter is... Uh, going to be your property. I am butchering that line, but it's a cute line, and I love it. And he gives it really well. Thoughts here on on our man Dan Levy slash John, the gay best friend. 
he's, he's funny. perfect, but I feel like you don't find that out actually until like the end of the film. Yeah. yeah. There's like a key moment where he shows up again where you're like, oh, this is this is literally the greatest man in the world. Yes. But you don't find out until like much later in the film. Yeah. He does have that creepy trait, which again is just sort of a plot point, but also it made me uncomfortable. But also, this is the kind of movie we're watching, I guess. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep. Uh, with his weird tracking thing. If the NSA can do it, I can do it, he says, um, which is a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a funny line. <laughs> it is a funny line. Um, so the, the, uh, the plan is in motion. The wheels are in motion. And our two lovebirds are, uh, they're driving in the snowy, lily-white landscape, going to a snowy, lily-white house. When our Very lily-white. Very lily-white, am I right? Very yeah. lily-white. <laughs> Except yeah, for the very creepy grandchildren, actually. Yeah, oh that's yeah, true. God. Yeah, I was like, oh, this <laughs> haunting of blind manor teas, but like not white. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yup. I, I truly thought that the movie was like gonna pull a fucking um. What is that movie? Uh, the Shining. The, sorry, no, sorry to bother you. Where it just turned out to be fucking oh, horror. In something <laughs> totally different. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been, been amazing. Pretty great, actually. Yeah, I, I would have uh, enjoyed that twist. Um, <clears throat> instead, the twist is that Harper uh, pulls over the car and uh, kind of lets by that. Oh, hey, babe, you know that time I told my parents that I was queer. I came out to them, and they took it really well this summer. Well, it didn't exactly go like that. And of course, Harper, being Harper, lied about every part of it. And she is now going to be bringing home the love of her life as a weird orphan roommate. Uh, <laughs> and so and so, Abby broke up with her and that was the end of the film. All right. Yes. And uh, wow, that's that's it. What a movie. Yeah. What a movie <laughs> about codependency. Dad, it's about <laughs> queer women. So, you know, that's not where it ends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Abby decides to go along with it, although she is very understandably unhappy. And we we meet the family. Does anybody actually? I don't want to. I, I don't want to hog this too much. Does anybody want to like go through this sequence of of meeting the family? Natalie, fucking would you scary. Like to take this? Yeah, oh, it yeah. is. It's like yes. Get Out. Scary. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> like, like I cannot describe the feeling, but it is this like sense of imminent danger that I feel looking at such a white conservative family, like I was just like, yeah. this shit's kind of like disturbing. Like like yeah. maybe they're weird and quirky to some white people, but to me, I was like, oh, this no. is danger. No, no, yeah. no. I, I think they're supposed to read danger. Yeah. Like, I, like if yeah. I was in that situation and I'm not even like visibly like queer or whatever, like I just like I'd be sh- I'd be shitting myself like. Ugh, just I, I've been in very few situations in my life like that, and I it, it's such an unnerving feeling just to be surrounded by white people. <laughs> it's so yeah. unnerving to be surrounded by white people, <laughs> yeah. particularly to that specific brand of like older, clearly yeah. very rich, like think they're being nice when they're truly not white exactly. people. Yeah. Yeah. Who has something to prove, too, like, yeah. with the whole election thing. Yeah. Like, you oh, can just yeah. feel the expectations, and it's deeply uncomfortable. You just feel, like, the condescending <clears throat> air of them just... 
Yeah, it was really uncomfortable for me. I was like, well, this is a little scary. This is like and you can feel how tense Harper gets, too, like, immediately. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, Harper does this sort of dance uh, between, oh, I love my family, and oh, fuck, everything sucks, and it's difficult, and I don't really know what to do, which is giving Harper a lot of credit, Oh, okay. to be honest. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I have to say, like, honestly, so much of this movie does feel like a 90s movie in a lot of ways, like in, in terms of the structure, in terms of maybe some of the stereotypes that we see, at least with, with John, maybe. But also, like, this spoke to me when I was 17 and I was bringing my first girlfriend home for Christmas, like in 2001, when it was a, a different time a little bit, uh, which kind of speaks towards the whole world was even a mm-hmm. little more conservative around a lot of this stuff. And my family was not a conservative family, but Everything was very dangerous around being queer at that time. So I actually did feel for Harper. I was mad at Harper the whole time. I was screaming at her the whole time, certainly. Uh, and, you know, with the benefits of lots of therapy, I was yelling at her. But I <laughs> I did feel for her in this way, in this, oh, you have certain expectations around family, and that's how you act around family, and you have certain expectations around your partner, and that's how you act around your partner. And before you're able to reconcile those things, if you live in any kind of culture where that's a problem or time where that's a problem, that's really painful and hard. So there was that little bit that I did uh, feel for Harper, like right right here even with her family of like, oh, she and her sister, uh, who's played by Alison Brie, who is a fucking delight as like a frigid asshole, uh, just like the worst person you know kind of thing, uh, who was a an attorney who then decided to give up being an attorney to make gift baskets or something. God, I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. Snack baskets or something. Snack baskets with her husband. I I zoned out. I brought, I like that. Those, there's the whole conversation at some point where they're talking about the baskets and they're like, Oh no, they're actually vessels. Yes. (laughs) In the car. (laughs) Okay. You yeah. have the idea. Yeah, it's it's very And then they continue good. throughout the movie to like do little shots of her talking about the fucking vessels. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very good. Allison Brie is a delight and doesn't have that much to do in this movie, but no. I I love her dearly. She makes her she makes her moments her. shine. She makes She's mostly the her whole purpose is basically to just be like pissed off at Harper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because they compete for the affection of the parents. She was clearly the, like, the lawyer who was the hotshot that, you know, the parents love to show off versus Harper, who is the writer who is the hotshot that the parents love to show off. And then there's Jane, who's the only one who makes the internet work, uh, who is the the sister that they quote, uh, we find out later, gave up on when she wouldn't stop biting in preschool. Uh, just absolutely the, the, like, the goofy younger sibling. Uh, and that is co-writer Mary Holland, actually, in this role. And I also really loved her in this movie. She clearly was having some fun. Now, she is working on a fantasy novel that she never stops talking about the same way that Alison Bree's character never stops talking about the gift baskets. So we we really just have a bunch of rich, bougie, asshole white people here. And poor, well, obviously, Kristen Stewart is white, but uh, poor Abby is the roommate who has to go into the basement, <laughs> which is horrifying well, like, on every well, level. They, they fucking uh, introduce her as an orphan at every fucking moment. I mean, that's yeah. like, well, that's the first part. It's just like, she's an orphan to anybody who will listen, which like was such a wild, 
thing that I don't know, I, Kristen Stewart had to react to literally every single time and just be like, well, uh, okay. Because I think that was supposed to be the bit. Because like the mom is, I think, is the first one who says it. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're the orphan. And then yeah. like Harper tries to be like, could you fucking not? not? And just gets like bulldozed. <laughs> yeah. And then it's yep. just the same shit over and over yep. again through it's the whole movie. Downhill from there, yeah. Oh, constantly. And that is Mary Steenburgen, who is also a delight as a fabulous and oh, horrible, listen, horrible, listen. Oh, like, power matriarch. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Mary Steenburgen's movie. Uh, yeah? I don't even know if I have a lot to say, but all I'll just say is she plays a image-obsessed, calculating very very wound tight white woman with such accuracy it scared the shit out of me Um, because yeah like there are just a lot of little moments about like you know she plans this party months in advance but is still completely unwound right at the right at the finish line and stuff like that and it's like she always says slightly the wrong thing or a shitty thing or (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, criticizes everyone in these like tiny microaggressions in a way that uh, more than I think anything in the script felt like the most lived to me. I was like, okay, like someone had a mom that did this and uh, yeah, it was uh, very accurate uh, to my upbringing. So yeah. Yeah. Just that moment. I can, I can think of one immediately that comes to mind is when Harper first says hi to her mom. You're the most beautiful woman. You're so beautiful. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then she makes like an offhand comment about, I forget if it's moisturizing or whatever. It's like, (laughs) it's just breathless. I love you. You're so beautiful. What are you doing with this? Uh, Which is like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Um, And we have dad who's running for mayor. uh, And he is just, it just, God, just the most like not in touch, not in tune old white guy ever. And, you know, cares about politics and cares about image and cares about nothing else and probably pretty much expects his wife to make everything perfect. Uh, So there he is. Uh, And poor Abby has to deal with this. Um, And it's there's a lot of very funny moments here, but it is actually pretty sad and pretty scary if you ever like look away from the jokes and the gags and think about it for 10 seconds kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's a bummer to be in that house. (laughs) Like, like, I just think it's a bummer. It's like everyone is hiding something and we find out like a lot of what that is and no one can really be their authentic self and knowing everyone has to kind of strive for perfection. And it's just like, fucking exhausting like why would you have a family that has to lean into that stuff so yeah it's like it there's a lot of like i don't know it's like i was actually surprised at how little i laughed at this movie um because i actually didn't think this movie was super funny i thought it was like (gasps) you know everyone was doing kind of like you know there were some gags and like some stuff but for the most part i was just like Man, this seems like a miserable fucking Christmas vacation <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know. It was just kind of, you know, I didn't hate it, but it was also just kind of like, wow, this doesn't seem very pleasant for basically anyone involved. So I feel yeah. like um, it was funny to me in the way that Juno is funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. totally, I totally, do you want to explain that? But I am 100% on board with you. Yeah. Um, Just in that, like, 
Like, it's about something that's, like, deeply fucked, right? Like, the idea of, like, kind of being roped into this really uncomfortable situation, like, and not really having a choice because you're already basically there. Yeah. Like, all of that sucks. And, I mean, Juno's the same thing, but, like, probably to an even worse degree, right, of, like, a teenager who's pregnant. Yeah. yeah. By fucking Michael Sarah playing <laughs> Michael Sarah <laughs> the as tragedy. a teenager. Like, there's a lot of stuff in Juno that's, like, funny or that, like, kind of takes your mind off it. But it's still, like, I don't want to say it's bleak, but it's definitely, like, dealing with some heavy shit. Yeah. And I think this movie kind of had that same energy in a lot yeah. of ways. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely there with you. Like, I, I laughed a lot more than I thought I would. I actually went into this thinking I was going to be in genuine pain the whole time because it's like I have experienced not exactly this but something like this um and like I don't want to get too personal but my my partner's parents are deeply deeply homophobic and they're not completely out to their parents and the only time I met my partner's mother was when I we literally had a pet dying and that was that was it that's the one and only time that I Mm -hmm. I've met this person so I, I have been here. I have been in this situation, you know, without the wacky white people hijinks, I guess, uh, at least on my end, because uh, I get to be the wacky white person, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, good for me. I'm, I'm lucky in that way. But yeah, I, I've, I've been in this situation. I've been the roommate. I've been the like, there was a, a, a lot of lesbian comedians who would do roommate jokes. Like that was like a shtick of lesbian comedians from the 90s all through, you know, like my growing up and my being a teenager that was queer. Like being a roommate and, and like the rest of the family being like, do we get her a present? Like she's here again. Like what? she's been here like five years in a row. I guess they're really close and like not getting it is like a part of the joke. And so, so much of this actually rang really, really true for me and a lot of little things I I definitely hear a lot of people complaining about uh, Kristen Stewart's acting in anything she's in but especially in this and I kind of was like actually I think there's a lot of little body language moments that are genuinely right on top of it they are really actually getting at I want to be close to this person I can't be close to this person because of this fucked up thing and I'm doing my best and there's like a lot of really great little choices that do this uh, just Throughout the movie, so people are yeah, just she's fucking extremely weird. good at um, yeah, yeah, looking like she's uncomfortable. And <laughs> yeah. That is like the her only perfect role for that. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is like the best sort of outcome in this kind of situation. So, yeah. but yeah. but I, people are so fucking weird about Kristen Stewart. Like she's fine. Like she's yeah. like yeah. I, I didn't like, think her acting I, I, in this she's, was like bad. It was yeah. She's fine. Yeah, yeah. she's a good actress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by I think the way, she's her- just particularly good at the whole uncomfortable vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, she's very, very good yeah. at just being like, "What the fuck?" She am I captures doing here? those little nuances because, yeah. like, you know, like you kind of know how that feels like, or like even if you're like, I don't have that experience. Um, but I mean, I I can totally feel the the awkwardness, and I have been in like a similar situation where I'm like, oh hey, I'm the friend. <laughs> hey, what's yeah. up? And you're just yeah. kind of like really awkward, and you feel like you're just sort of, um, what's the saying? Like you're trying not to step on any toes. Yep, yep, um, exactly. And she's really good at capturing those little nuances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's way too fucking good for Harper. Holy shit! Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll get into oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's like the thing that that's like the thing about this movie, right? That Harper 
and we'll we will get into it even a little bit more as we go. But Harper genuinely kind of commits the 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 worst sin you can in a relationship, which is um, at least in a relationship that is uh, at, at all you know normal looking, uh, which is she's not honest. She lies to herself and she lies to her partner, and that's that's kind of not okay. It's not mm-hmm. great. It's not mm-hmm. the best sign. Uh, also, not the best sign is that mom has invited Connor, the most boring white man who's ever lived, uh, to dinner with the family, and everybody has to sit through the <laughs> horrifying, awkward dinner. Uh, poor Abby drinks a lot to get through it, and there's not one exciting, but there's two excitings. And this is my other favorite character in this movie. It's Riley, Please. the hot ex, who's also a doctor, and oh my god, she's gorgeous and great and funny and also awkward. Played by Aubrey Plaza. I'm just saying, the one Latin character in this movie, the best character. Yeah, I'm just saying. There you go. Yep, it's true. It is true. Aubrey Plaza in her like least Aubrey Plaza role, I would say. (laughs) She just (laughs) doesn't do any of her other bullshit, which is like interesting. I mean, she's like a completely. She's just hot. Yeah, (laughs) she's just like hot and confident and like. I've got my shit together and oh boy, I've, I've been to this rodeo before. Um, yes. and yeah, it was, she does uh, still have the kind of like weird sense of humor, but yeah. I think it works yeah. like yeah. really yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, almost she's, like she's that great. she just carries that with her. Like that's, in, that's like in her little backpack or something like, you know, it's there and it, and it really works nicely, I think, uh, for this role. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah. Um, mom clearly wants Harper to get back with the boyfriend. It's awkward. And I actually, I actually feel a little bad for this guy. Cause I don't think this guy does anything wrong. He just kind of shows up. Yeah. He's yeah. just kind of there. I was going to say, like, I like that this movie, as much as it plays with the like lesbian movie tropes, like the guy's not actually like bad. He's just right. like. He's just a, there. Yeah. He's just a dude. He's just and hopelessly like, straight. That's it. Yeah. Right. Like he's truly <laughs> just he's truly just vibing. Yeah. And yeah. like just kind of wants to know what's up with Harper because like she's weird. Right. She's the one who's actually been dishonest here, not not him. And I was almost like holding my breath for him to like be a total asshole or you yes, know say him. something really crappy and it's like he's he's just there. Like, he almost is kind of just there in the way that poor Abby is just there for a lot of the movie. Because um, he doesn't need, there doesn't need to be an extra asshole. Like, Harper yep. fills the role yeah. well enough. And yeah. we'll get into that later on because I do, uh, like, I have complicated feelings about Harper. But, like, yeah, yeah like, you, I think there's a difference between, like, hating her for, the shame that comes with being closeted and like how that manifests and just like straight up lying to your partner, which should not be the case. Like, yeah, it should not be a thing. So, um, yeah, even, even though there are some complications there and I, I do see the nuances in her character also like she, she was an asshole. Like I would have like when Chris, <laughs> yeah. when Chris Stewart was, uh, uh, Abby when she was like just trying to figure out what to do with herself when Harper is off just like trying to please the family and not just please the family but she really just neglected Abby yeah. um, especially during this really vulnerable 
like situation um i was just like oh how is this bitch not crying i would just like be crying all over the place like <laughs> i know i know yeah let's i mean let's get into that because really we don't need to kind of go scene by scene I- We've all seen this type of movie. Obviously, a whole bunch of fucking shenanigans go on and on, and everything kind of reaches a boiling point. And many times along the way, Abby is just kind of left on the side and treated like the roommate. She's treated like the orphan roommate and not like a a loving partner should be treated. So, yeah, obviously, everything kind of comes to a boil uh, when Alison Brie... I keep doing it, too. (laughs) When um, (laughs) Alison Brie's character, whatever, the other sister... uh, Sloane. Has a fucking... Sloane, yes. Sloane. Sloane, Jane, and Harper. Jesus Christ. Sloane, Jane, and Harper. (laughs) God, these people. Yeah. Uh, It all comes to a big boil when, uh, of course, Sloane reveals to the big Christmas party... Uh, the Christmas Eve party that Harper is a lesbian and everybody has to leave. And there's a whole thing about, you know, uh, the the mayor getting a, a sort of <laughs> Anna Gusteyer's vote or her money. Uh, she's her like a money. major donor. She's, she's a major yeah. donor. And uh, real quick, like he does yeah. give a speech. Yeah. Uh, he does give a speech right before that scene. Focus on the family. To everyone. Yeah. Where like, listen, I, I kind of just read this as like one of those in uh, some either Ty or Natalie said it at the beginning. Um, very like get out feeling. Yeah, that's like, how I said it. Yeah, 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 and like, like I, when I first saw them, I was like, okay, so they are like the get out family. The I would have voted for Obama <laughs> for a third time family, oh, but then yep. he gives this speech that's like, we focus on tradition and family and blah blah, and I was like, oh y'all are like, oh y'all are like really conservative. Oh no. Um, and so first of all, yeah, we're just kind of like, whatever, I guess he's running for mayor. Um, and then I'm like, Oh, so he's like, not easy. He could just be like a milk toast. Like, um, no one, like, I don't know, doesn't really understand his daughter. Um, bigot, but he's like, it kind of sounds like an actual bigot at like at the speech. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Oh wow. All right. Hmm. Yeah, I honestly so. kind of wish that they had shown that hand a little bit earlier. Me too. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. I feel like it justifies the way Harper behaves a lot more. Yeah, I yes. I totally agree because I was like, they never name it. You know what I mean? And I'm I guess I'm not surprised that they didn't name it, but it's like, and, it, and maybe it would have been too obvious or too cheesy. But it's like they could have really put a name to these ideologies like yeah. in a really easy way um oh he's running for mayor on this platform or whatever or yeah he went to so and so's fundraiser last year at least these like signs that we have that are yeah. beyond like oh this sort of Reagan in the office well and yeah. especially because like there's the point kind of at the end like after the whole thing goes down where like the donor lady you know does the whole don't ask don't tell thing yeah and it's like why was that not a plot point earlier right yeah yeah i agree because it explains things about harper it does because i feel like if they had said like this late like if they had just mentioned anything about that donor lady's shit like hanging on being conservative i feel like one it would have made more sense for abby to like be willing to deal with that and two like i think it would have made more sense as why harper's like constantly freaking the fuck out yeah. Yeah. That a lot of this is what made it feel like a 90s movie for me. That like this yeah. was very much more the baseline, you know, when I was a teenager, that sort of thing. That like 
Um, not to say things are so great, because they're not, um, but at least in some ways, at least in my family, there is at least some acceptance or more acceptance than there used to be just for being queer. And that tends to track, I think, uh, in terms of like the younger generation. It's actually funny. I, I sort of wrote this down as a note, but kind of honestly wondering how this movie hits younger queers versus like older queers, because it genuinely, for me, feels very, very much like a lived experience from the 90s, which again, if, if this is semi-autobiographical for Cleo Duvall and and um, her co-writer, sorry, Mary Holland, um, that probably would have been during the 90s. It probably would have been during a different time. So I almost feel like, oh, is the conservative angle shoehorned in a little bit, um, at least in terms of like, okay, two, you know, cis queer people uh, doesn't always necessarily rock the boat in the same way anymore. So yeah, my, right. my question, I guess, sorry, overly verbose right now, but my question is like, do you think this actually hits different for like younger versus like even just a little bit older queer folks, like Gen X versus millennial versus versus the Zoomers, <laughs> that kind of thing? Hmm, I'm not sure if I can answer that question because it's like, it's a matter of perspective. Um, mm. But, like, I did see among the comments that I saw on Twitter, one of them was sort of, like, this sense of incredulousness at this happening, which mm. I didn't understand because, sure, like, same-sex marriage is legal and has been for a hot minute, and society is generally more accepting about queerness, but it's not like, like, it's not like that is the case for everyone everyone. right um i wouldn't i don't even know if i would feel comfortable saying it's the case for most Mm. people or like Mm. half of like the country or something like this this happens everywhere and every type of community whether you're white brown black like this homophobia like is absolutely present and this like averseness to queerness in the family like there's there was always a general sense, at least, and, and I speak as someone who has the privilege of, like, um, like the movie gets into this later on because, like, it's the whole thing about um, just Abby understandably wanting Harper to be out and to, you know, tell her parents about their relationship, but also the fact that Harper is very much, you know, at one point she says, like, I'm not hiding you, I'm hiding me. Um, And I do have the privilege of, like, living a a life like like Abby's in terms of, like, she had parents who were really accepting about her. And my parents have been like that as well. But there was always, like, like the thing that held me back for so many years is knowing that they were okay with, like, queerness as long as it was not in the household. Like, it's Mm. fine if other people are queer. Yeah, yeah. But if someone here is queer, then that's another thing. And that's what Mm -hmm. kept me in the closet for so long. And I'm really one of the lucky ones. Like, my parents are super leftist, like, super um, accepting, super into left politics and whatnot. And, like, that's just, you know, one household out of so many. And Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I just, I'm, I'm... Surprised and appalled that some people thought this was unrealistic when yeah. it is absolutely oh, not. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that at all. Um, I think, I don't know, because I feel like on top of the whole, like, when is millennials versus when is Zoomers, whatever, there's also like a weird sure. age gap that the internet has kind of created. 
Right. And like mm-hmm. when you started really being like logged on, because I feel like an older gay because I came out when I was 13, which is like 12 years ago at this point. So like and I've been online since then, like trying to figure out gay shit. So yeah. I've been on the Internet in that way for a very long time. So in that way, I feel really old as a gay, like in online years, even <laughs> though like yeah. as a person, yeah. I'm in my mid 20s. Sure. Um, but like, I don't know, seeing some of the people talking online and like so many people and it is a lot of straight people. And I just assume it's because they don't know shit about shit. <laughs> um, yeah. But like so many people ship Abby and Riley and I hate that because <laughs> that is you're shipping the character that you like with their the person you want to be their ex's ex. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who's, like, still clearly involved in their life because they run in the same fucking fucked up, like, political rich people circles. Right. Yep. Like, that is, there's nothing that's more peak, like, IRL queer women dating group (laughs) than (laughs) dating your ex's ex. And, like, it's awful. Don't ship that. It's it's the worst. Every time it's the worst. I actually think what was really, I I liked this part of the movie, which was the fact that there wasn't an instant that I got the sense that Abby cared or saw that as an option available Mm -hmm. to her. Like she really was so locked into her relationship with Harper for better or worse that like that was never on the table. Although me from, movie brain online brain i'm seeing the this interaction i'm like oh yeah a lot of people want them to get together and i can see that but like i don't know i just never got the sense i think in the one really uh confident piece of writing of this was just how um steadfast kristen stewart's character was like i did just seemed she was really committed to this and like i thought that was um, I don't know. I thought that was like some stability in the chaos of this entire rest of the movie. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also didn't think they like but, had mega chemistry. No, like, yeah. like they were they were fun pals. I would watch right. that yeah. buddy cop movie, but right. like, yeah. they weren't. I wasn't like, damn, they should kiss. Like, like people think they have more chemistry or like significantly more chemistry because Abby and Harper don't really have all that much chemistry yeah. from what we're shown. Like so much of their relationship from what we see is just like Harper trying to navigate the line between being authentic to her partner while also not being so authentic that the rest of the family can tell. Right. Um, yeah. I agree with John that I thought that was like a, a nice thing. Like I was bracing myself for like this moment when Abby would consider Riley as an option. And I was glad that it didn't happen because like that's just such a, a common homophobic thing thought of like oh if like if you like a woman then like like straight women have always done the thing where like if they find out you're queer they're like oh then do you like me like do you like every woman that you interact with basically and it's like no that's like absolutely not the case it's not a thing it's just it's absolutely just this really misguided homophobic like casual like thought and so I I agree with John and I will say that the movie does intentionally like I don't blame people for shipping them because the movie leans into it very explicitly because 
and I guess we'll get around to this later, but I really think this is a super mediocre movie and I think it's aware of it. And so it's yeah. like, it's people aren't going to want to watch if they hear this queer movie is like, whatever, it's mediocre, it's like nothing special. But they will want to watch if you have a debate going on between people as to whether they're Team Harper or Team Riley. And so right. so I, I saw so many people that were like, oh, Aubrey <laughs> Plaza, oh, Riley's hot, and oh, like she doesn't end up with this character? Okay, I'm going to watch and see what's going to go on. Like, why doesn't she end up with Aubrey Plaza? And that was enough to get them to watch the movie. And so yeah. I'm like, like, the movie knows it's nothing special. And so it, it reserve some time to to sort of lean into this I think while also exploring just like a really nice friendship that Abby needed in the moment um yeah but yeah I just I think the movie leans into it for sure I I think I don't know that I like I feel like the movie is not being like oh it might happen I think the movie like is leaning into that's what you might be expecting yeah 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 Cause yeah, cause I just I feel like there is there is like the moment where Harper like sees them hanging out and she gets jealous. Yeah, but I feel like that's just again like that's going into the fact shit. that like yeah, jeal- like yeah. yeah, like Harper just does not have her shit together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and drops all the wine because of it. You know. Oh so, my god, yeah. that was a, a good, <laughs> that was honestly a good bit of physical comedy when Jane drops it, acts like it's like oh it's probably fine, and then it completely falls off the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Of the thing, uh, very predictable, but I'm like oh, I still love yeah. shit like that. Um, I I I have a sucker for that kind of stuff. And there's a yeah. few bits uh, in this movie. I, I definitely want to talk about uh, the sort of fight scene. And of course, Alison Brie, star of Glow, would know a thing or two about great fight scenes oh, yeah. uh, herself, right? But I just wanted to say very, very briefly, the scene with Riley in the sort of small town gay bar is my favorite scene in the movie, easily. Yeah, um, I like that it's, scene. It's fun. It's sweet. Again, it is like a, a sort of friendship it doesn't feel like a romantic or a sexual thing. It's just like, this is what, I mean, this also feels very, very real uh, in terms of like a lived experience. Like you're at this shitty hometown where, you know, you're not with a bunch of your friends. Uh, the best that a lot of folks have is the small town gay bar. And that's like a whole thing, right? That's a whole thing in gay culture of like, that's it. You've got this one bar in like 10 different towns and like everybody comes here because it's the only place you can be gay kind of thing. Um, again, Varying degrees of that now still exists, still a huge part of, of queer culture. And, like, they're just at this, like, shitty, like, not very exciting drag night, but they're having fun and they're making the best of it. And they are sort of consoling in one another in a way that feels, like, really warm and nice and sweet. And, of course, Riley is just a great character. And I would love Riley to get a damn movie. Like, Happiest Doctor, I don't care. Whatever it has to be. Like, I don't, I don't even care. I just want to see more Riley. What is um, the Hall's Drag Race Queens is in doctor. this scene, too? <laughs> yeah. I think it's Jiggly. I think Jiggly Caliente is in this movie, okay. too. Okay. I think it's her. I can't remember. I remember seeing yeah. somebody and doing, like, the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing. Um, yeah. So, so if you're fans of Drag Race, there's, there's somebody... I don't remember moment. who, but somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, can we talk about the the denouement? Sorry, I don't speak any French, uh, but I try to denouement. Little, can we talk denouement. about the denouement? I try to put a little bit. <laughs> I try to put a little bit on there. Um, well, I guess right before that, still, I, I do just want to mention uh, how much I love that poor Jane, who has made a beautiful portrait of Main Street of the of the uh, town square. Yeah, of the town square. 
And this portrait is just used as a prop in the final fight between J- uh, excuse me, Sloane and Harper in the big revelation. I was actually laughing at this. Um, I spent a hundred hours on this. Poor it's Jane. Like a I felt really so good bad. line. I really like Jane. I felt bad. Jane is that really good. I was like, Jane, Jane you're too good for these people. Leave. Like yeah. Dicks. You're so much smarter than all of them. And of course, another moment I just wanted to mention is that John comes in and pretends to be straight. And him pretending to be straight is my other favorite thing in this movie, especially as he goes up to Connor and he's like, huh, you pump? <laughs> just Con- Connor's just like what lift weights <laughs> he's just like trying to do like a solid he does like snake a fucking, fucking bad man voice yeah <laughs> right it's exactly it he's so like do your best impression of a straight well, person and Dan and Dan, Dan Levy was just like okay I'm just gonna be Christian Bale Batman for the next five minutes I'm trying to remember is it is it during the first like fight with Sloane where she like where Harper like denies it in front of everybody. Yes. Yeah. She does. Cause yeah. that for me was the breaking point. Like yeah. up until this point, I kind of like, it wasn't good, but I could, I could under, I could empathize with it to a degree, but like yeah. when everything was on the table and like, she had like, there was no reason left to like hide. And she still did. I was like, Oh, Oh, you gotta, you got a dippity do out of here. This is not it, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, not my partner's not on this podcast, but their thoughts on this were like really, really clear to me as well. And as somebody who understands like not being out to the whole family because of cultural reasons and all sorts of stuff and having major issues with their parents, they were very much like, well, you can't, you can't just tell somebody to come out. Like you can't just do that because that, you know, that could be a cultural thing. Obviously, this is a different context than the one my partner lives in, but et cetera, et cetera. Like, they were they were very much on board until that as well. And then that was that moment where it's same exact thing. Like, oh, fuck, you, you can't just... It's out now. You can't you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, like you had nothing left to lose at that <laughs> yeah. point, you know? Yeah. Like, at that point, that's just you being a shithead. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is when... Uh, Kristen dippity doos a little bit there at a skedaddle dippity doos, and we have a beautiful scene with John uh, where they talk about their sort of mutual coming out, uh, and that you know Abby had a, a pretty good experience, even though of course she has other trauma in her life that she has you know lost uh, her family and is horrifying. They were accepting of her, and John says that his father kicked him out and didn't talk to him for thirteen years, and that there's everything in between, and you do have to like. Understand that people do come from different points of view with this. Right. But also, he has also, the entire movie, been talking about how fucked up it is that Harper has asked uh, her to be closeted. There, There is a different movie here where people are honest about the fact that they have major issues with their family or major issues not being out to their family, but that they haven't uh, brought... <laughs> their partner in under false pretenses in a different world in a in a less cinematic world they do something different for the holidays and they celebrate on their own or they do something you know whatever people have to do they make whatever arrangements they have to make but they're honest with each other and they are real with each other and that does finally happen thanks to john's tracking trick uh which is a whole thing (laughs) i remember watching the end of this movie the actual kind of last little scene there in this movie 
and being like, oh, okay, they're making up. I'm supposed to feel a certain way. God damn it, tracking is bad. That's abusive. No, I don't like that. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Oh, it's cute that they're kissing. No, that's fucked up. Like my brain had like a, a, a moment of like teetering one edge to the other while this was happening. I do want to ask how other people saw this ending. How, how did it hit you? Uh, Who wants to go first? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, listen, the, the 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 tracking thing was such a Chekhov's gun uh, at the beginning of this film that I was just like, well, clearly this is going to factor into how the movie ends up. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Like for me, uh, with uh, totally acknowledging John's entire monologue and totally acknowledging that like I'm coming at this from a, a, a totally not lived experience. I, I do feel like Harper lied to Abby in front of a lot of people, like three really, really like significant times in like an hour span. And yeah. like, I felt I was kind of like, Hmm. Okay. Hmm. It's, I mean, I, I just, I look at someone that does that and I go, well, that's a pattern I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life, but maybe yeah. I'm just a super huge cynic. I don't know. Um, I, I think like, you know, Abby seemed happy and I was rooting for her. So yeah. Yeah. that's good. Um, but I don't know. It didn't hit me particularly hard. This movie was kind of a fart for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, just kind of didn't have a whole lot of like substance or i don't know didn't have a lot the happiest part it just didn't it just didn't have a lot to say in my opinion but i uh i mean i think i think the thing that was nice about it though is like abby has that exact train of thought yeah that's fair yeah because she knows the fuck out of there like she says like no this is too late you have done this too many times i'm not gonna put up with this and then she fucking dips. It's just, right. yeah. it's a Christmas rom-com. So like, they're not going to make it sad. Right. But, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like they do have that process and then it sure. just becomes the whole like Harper having to fucking take the leap of faith and not be a chicken shit anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, it's, it's a Christmas movie. So it's cheesy, but yeah. Yeah. They tried. I think, I think they tried. They do the thing that I I will never not be charmed by when my own parents do it, which I genuinely love, where it's, you know, they're taking the family picture, which has been a plot line through the whole fucking thing. The family picture, the perfect picture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they, the mother deliberately asked Abby, like, come in here, you know, like, come be part Mm -hmm. of this picture, which, again, I know that's such a small thing. That doesn't mean everything's okay and that everything's erased, but it is this, like, gesture of acceptance and you're in the family now that is, like, again, little 90s queer Danielle, like, got a little twinge for that one that was like, oh, okay, all right. All right, movie, you fucking got me. God damn it. (laughs) That actually, the mom's, like, (laughs) <laughs> the mom's, like, heel turn was something I actually kind of didn't like. Like... Sure. I mean, like, the part of me that, like, likes things to not be terrible enjoyed it. But, like, <laughs> yeah. from a story perspective, it was weird to me because, like, she... Like John said earlier, like, she does such a good job of being <sighs> so shitty in that particular, like, uptight way that yeah. it was shocking to me that she didn't have like a fucking meltdown. Right. Right. 
Well, and her Dad response, actually had a harder time. Her response, her response is to go into her husband's office <laughs> and close the door. And it looks like they're about to have some like big conversation about like, wow, our daughter's gay. This is like a really big deal. And we need to talk about this. And instead she goes, I've always wanted to learn karate. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, all right. That was actually, I think maybe the only like laugh I had in the movie, like yeah. a big laugh where I was just like, okay, well, I I would not have guessed that that was the line that was going to come out of her mouth in about 10 million years. Um, so I don't know. That kind of made me laugh. The other part of that, 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 that resolution, just really briefly, that kind of bothered me, is that Anna Gasteyer calls the dad, and you know, we alluded yeah. to it earlier, and it's like... I forgot about this. Yeah. It was like, um, you know, yeah, like, you, yeah, I hear your daughter's gay. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, if she can do, don't ask, don't tell then whatever. And he's basically like, well, that's not going to work. But, but what pissed me off was that, um, when, uh, Mary Steenburgen like comes, you know, asks him about it, like, Oh, what did she say? Is she still going to do a donation? He kind of goes like, no. And then he's like, we'll figure it out. And I really wanted him to say like, no, she's a fucking homophobic, yeah piece of shit oh yeah no, he i don't want her yeah. i don't want her dumb fucking money but instead yeah. he's like oh, yeah we'll, he says, we'll figure it out hon <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah, no, just, yeah, pissed yeah, me off. Literally, i'm pretty sure he says i'm pretty sure he says something along the lines of like it's not gonna work out yeah it's not gonna work and, like, out that's yeah. exactly what he and said he, like yeah. pushes it and he makes it sound like it was her like just flat out saying no right and it's yeah. like sir like take the credit like, contextualize for the fact that you told her to it. fuck right. off. Yeah, like contextualize why you said no and why you think that's a problem. Like I get that the 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 movie I get that the writers are like these people are smart enough to put this together, but it's like these characters also have to have these conversations in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And it's like Yeah, no, I think I think that that would have been like if it would have still been a cheesy like turnaround for him but i think right. it would have been at least a little bit more grounded if he had like told his fucking wife yeah who like, he's what? married to that? and right. who's basically yeah. his campaign manager yeah. Oh, yeah yeah social media manager i i mean there is like a read of this to be honest with you that they just turned around and used harper in a different way that she is now their oh my God. princess, gorgeous, very femme, skinny, beautiful, femme lesbian. And now that they are a Pride Parade family, I was about and they to are say. just this <laughs> yeah. now. Like, to be honest with you, that's that's supported in the text. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. They, with, yeah. the credit, yeah. with the Instagram credit sequence, you are right. That is supported <laughs> in the text, I would say. I got the same vibes. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. And also, I, mean, like, I love I love the part that yeah. she takes every photo with an iPad. The mom, yeah, like, that's such a fucking, that's such it's a fucking very, white mom like, boomer thing. Chic energy. Yep, yes. yep, yep. yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, anyway, I feel like I might be warmer on this uh, than a few folks here, but it's only because a few. Probably everyone. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, I I don't think it's great. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't think this is great in any way. I don't even think it's, like, especially good. However, it is a Christmas movie that I would watch more than once in my life, which is more than I could say for, like. You would watch this again? 
I would, I would also movie. watch it again. Oh, I would watch it. I, I would probably watch it again with this my mom. Movie was such oh, a I watched fart. it with my mom the first time. Hell yeah! Wow. Hell fucking yeah! Well, all right, fair mom. enough. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I will watch this with my mom like, to see how she feels. I think about that it. the perspective that Natalie and John are perhaps like have in common that they don't have that uh, that Danielle and I share sure. is like. Yeah. Just really having an intimate knowledge of how shitty lesbian <laughs> movies are. I mean, yeah. fair. Maybe that's true. I mean, that's that's, so that's, it's that's just, true. It's just like that's the reason. Do you all remember when Carol came out and it was incredibly yeah. just oh, a film yeah. Yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. lost their fucking minds? Yeah, I do. It's because yeah. that movie was an Oscar-winning film in comparison to every other lesbian <laughs> film. Yeah, but that does oh, not yeah. mean it was good. Uh, and that's so you're saying this. the bar is a little bit different. Okay, that's yeah. fair. All right, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And like to be honest, a lot of these movies are made by people who genuinely really care. They just have no fucking money. Yeah, they like, have no none. money and no like, money at their all. Their scripts are probably have not been edited. Okay, Danielle, yeah. I'll, I'll you yeah. you wrote for After Ellen, so I know yes. you've seen this movie. Okay, yeah. did you like this movie better than Imagine Me and You? Oh, much better. Yeah. Really? Much better. Yeah. Oh, I also wow. actually like this movie better than Imagine yeah. Me and You. Okay. Yeah. All I right. actually think Imagine Me and You is a little fucking grim. Well, it is, this, it is grim, but it to, is, in my mind it grim. occupied, <laughs> but to me it occupied weirdly the same kind of space, but I don't know. Maybe okay. I'm, Maybe I'm. Maybe, I feel like maybe, it occupies the same space, but I like it better because it doesn't have all the like cheating fuck around. Bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's a lot That's of fair. it. That's honestly a lot of that it. That is a and lot like, of baggage in that movie. You're right. This movie is uh, okay. There, there's something here as well for me in the fact that Cleo Duvall directed and wrote this. This sure. would not if I knew a straight man wrote and directed this movie. First of all, I think it would be missing a lot of the little tiny touches. Again, Probably, things like yeah. body language mm-hmm. in some of the some of the scenes, like tiny touches. I'm not saying this is again a fucking great masterpiece that understands everything about the, you know, queer woman condition by any means, but there are these little touches that to me harken back to, okay, this was written and directed by a queer woman who again might have been writing and directing from experiences 20, 30 years prior. <laughs> and like, that's right. how a lot of stuff read for me, certainly. Um, but but that it does read as being from a grounded place versus a complete bullshit, like, well, it's a lesbian movie where they both <sighs> die. And also they both married men and then they died. Like, which is like <laughs> 92.5% of lesbian films. Like okay, one or enough. both of those things happen. So, fair enough. And again, like, I don't want to say that I'm super high on this either. I still think this is like a a mediocre Christmas movie that I'm kind of okay with existing. And to be fair, though, what is a good Christmas movie? Oh, Jesus. There are only two. There's only two. There's only two. Honestly. Wow. Okay. There's Muppet Christmas Carol. And there's and there's uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Christmas (laughs) Vacation wouldn't even crack my top five. I don't think. John, what are your top two? I just, you know, big, big sucker for for Home Alone, Home Alone Two. Gotta kill those crooks. Gotta kill those those home invaders. Uh, I I listen. We don't we don't need to have a debate about it. I'm just gonna call it like it is. Die Hard is on that list. It's a top five movie for me. And uh, Muppet Christmas Carol for sure. Okay, Okay. all right, for sure. Uh, Gremlins. 
Okay. Gremlins okay. does okay. happen during Christmas. Chris- yeah. Gremlins is one hundred percent a Christmas movie. Yeah, yes. that's correct. That is. Correct. There's just so much going on in that movie. Yeah. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this movie is Gremlins, right? Because we've got an evil mom who tries to kill things. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so, um, and you can you listen. You cannot feed Abby after midnight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's true. That's how gays reproduce. I don't know if you knew this, but you know we sort of hatch weird shit off our backs, and like that's where you know all the pregnant lesbian movies come from. That's in like thirty three percent of uh, lesbian movies. Is somebody is pregnant sometime somehow? It it just always happens. It happens. They're a lot. so bad. They're so, they're not not good. I just. I mean, I feel like this needs to be a spinoff of You Love to See It. We need to go through the entire lesbian film canon. I feel like we do. I'll I'll give you a link to retro-reviewing. You you lesbian Uh, to see it. I've been trying, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to figure out a way to to bring up. (laughs) Lesbian to see it. (laughs) Fuck off. God damn it. Fuck off, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) There is okay. So this is a good segue. So everybody's like, you know how like everybody's been freaking out that Aubrey Plaza is in this, right? And they're like, oh my god, right. Aubrey Plaza is in a lesbian movie. This is yeah. not the first one because sure. even if you don't count Ingrid Goes West, which I would say is sapphic at least. Oh, um, right. absolutely. Yeah, she was in a movie called Addicted to Fresno with oh, yeah. Natasha Leone, and they are each other's love interests, and it's a very strange film. You know, that might be the one I've not What's seen. What's the well, name again? That's the thing. There have been a few in the last couple of years since Hold I've on, not been. Me, yeah, this is from 2013. I'm going to drop the IMDb link okay, in the chat around here. Oh, um, yeah, I watched it last year, I think. And it's not bad. Um, it's I think they it's a it, it's a whole thing. Um, oh, Jamie Babbitt directed. You know who Jamie Babbitt is? She directed But I'm a Cheerleader, actually. Uh, and so the circle is complete honestly yeah (laughs) and actually a couple of episodes of um russian doll uh that was pretty cool that she came back for that so yeah has worked with natasha leone a few times okay that's awesome also jamie babbitt is very cool i've interviewed her a few times very very cool director uh i'm gonna need to watch this at some point for sure it's pretty good it's kind of like another not well i like it but it's not good um sure lesbian movie uh i love a good murder lesbian film and yes uh, yes yes. the best one (laughs) in my opinion is drool um can you put that in the chat too yeah let me find the link thanks we're gonna we have so many spinoff episodes of our show that we need to do based on this show like so many you have to hop to it see if i can find it honestly yeah it's oh. like it's a um, wild right, so, film. It's about like a white housewife who murders her husband and then takes her kids to go be with their the like black cosmetic sales lady. Oh. <laughs> it's also a road trip film. Okay. 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 Wow. Uh this is incredible. We have so many things that we will be watching soon. I'm so happy about it. Do we have any final thoughts for happiest season? Turns out to be mediocre season but some of us are more or less happy with that and some of us are not i was um, pretty happy with it actually okay, like i like okay. maybe i seemed more negative than i was but by the end i was like okay those are like two hours that i could have wasted on better and worse things oh, like sure. i didn't regret yeah. it and for me like my biggest takeaway from this movie was just like 
I, it's mediocre. It is so mediocre. And we should be allowed to have that. Like, yeah. just oh, there's sure. there's such a, especially as a queer person of color, because you get it on both ends. Like, you are expected yeah. to be a certain level of special or exceptionally talented or excellent in order to get the same, you know, recognition that people who are white or who are straight do. And it's like, yeah, I, I like this for us. Like, I like having a <laughs> mediocre movie. I like that this is a movie that was put out and that it doesn't try to overreach. It, it knows it's, like, fine and it is content with that. And I think we should have more of that. We should have yeah. more fine, mediocre queer media because then that just further humanizes us and our stories and our diversity and our you know our range like I don't need every queer movie to be this sophisticated really deep thing that like ends up like tripping on its ass like yeah uh, along the way like I'm perfectly good with having a mediocre Christmas um rom-com I, I saw some people say that the ending was too happy and that it didn't make sense and I was like yeah but that is like every heterosexual rom-com. Every rom-com. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so we deserve to have that. We yeah. deserve to have a mediocre movie that ends way too easily, way too happily. That <laughs> is like arguably, because I, I also didn't laugh, but I'm also just a prude when it comes to comedies that aren't book smart. <laughs> like I, I, I do not laugh at comedy movies whatsoever. It's kind of like the label makes me resist against it and, and <laughs> it's a dare i dare you to yeah, yeah yeah and it pisses me off like no i'm not gonna find you fucking funny um but you yeah, earn like, that. yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah so it's like it's it's you know I, I i don't tend to have much of a high opinion of romantic comedy movies and this is no exception and i like that for us i like that we have something very average and that uh, this is like you know like it's still it's still a valid story this is still something so many people go through today and they go through like even worse versions of this depending likely on your demographics and your family's upbringing and your culture and whatnot like this is this is not going away anytime soon like women like Harper are still with her experiences are still very much around and will still very much be around for some time to come. So I, you know, it's important for this to not be the only movie that we have about queer women, but, and like, it isn't like, there are so many other options, like, you know, I don't know, like complicated feelings, but just, you know, yeah. um, Yeah. Absolutely. You know the vibes. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you know the vibes. You know Ty, the vibes. Ty, any, any, fi- any final thoughts? I just like uh, kind of bouncing off of Natalie, what Natalie said. Like, I think like this obviously comes from a, like a very, very specific point of view. But I think yeah. it's a very honest film in that point of view. Um, yeah. And I liked mm-hmm, sure. it for that because I think that cuts some of the like cheesiness that's inherent with rom-coms. Um, mm-hmm. And it was still goofy and in that way, but it felt a little bit more grounded just because, you know, it it was real and very authentic in a lot of ways that we've already talked about. And yeah, yeah I also liked that it wasn't any 
cheating boyfriend bullshit. It was just yeah. like, yeah, that's fair. No, like yeah. queers can just like not be great at relationships too. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to cheat to just be people who could be like better partners. And like, I, I think what Harper does is like really shitty but i also did like that they tried to give it another shot because like people make mistakes and grow and but people then, do shitty know. things yeah yeah it's yeah. true some people make shitty she, some she people do do shitty people. things like many many times in one weekend you know it's like it's fine they lie like it's not just one mistake why not make it why not make it 10 yeah hey at least she didn't kill someone at least it didn't turn into murder at least she didn't frame her for robbery the way those fucking twins did those kids were so vile like why did they even do that we didn't even talk about this one yeah we didn't even talk about the fact that like one the kids are very scary and two that like the secret that sloan has that causes the whole fight is that her husband is like fucking the donation lady well they're, they're, they're not they're together all, like separated but yeah, they're, they're like separated. they're like banging out like during the party when they're not supposed to be according to their agreement and right. harper sees it and she's like bro what the fuck like we yeah. said, plot heavy moving. <laughs> well, I mean, then it, she throws it, the painting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does end up being yeah. important because it does tie into the whole like they only care about Sloan for her family and not for like mm-hmm. her weird right. bougie business right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all appearances and all making the parents proud and creating that high pressure environment that sucks. John, do you have any any closing thoughts on, on this? Your least <laughs> oh. happiest season. You know, I've won. I think the the makeup and wardrobe people for Kristen Stewart deserve like a raise or something. Yes. Like, I just thought she was impeccably okay, who shows dressed. up to a party with suit. like their shirt unbuttoned and with yeah. like the tie? Like, how do you look at that woman and you're not like, oh, lesbian? Right, right, right. First of all, that's <laughs> yeah. that's so 100%. funny that no one picked up on that. But two, yeah, it's like I bl- blessings to those folks. They did a great job. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know, like. I, I okay. I kind of guffawed at the idea of watching this again. I would definitely turn this on again if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and maybe pay attention to something else. Yeah, like no. I'd, I'd sit by the fire and let this play while I'm doing something else. Um, but I think Natalie, honestly, like you, you so perfectly summed up. I think kind of probably what I missed, what I definitely missed out of this story is that like there's a lot of mundanity and like. Uh, easy resolution that comes with most hetero rom-coms that like really is devoid in most like gay media. And I think like, I think this is a good example of just something that kind of wraps up nicely and cleanly and doesn't think too hard about, about its uh, motivations. And I don't know. I think that I, I liked your explanation for that. I think that's lovely. Thank you. So, I yeah. just, I, I feel connected to it because it knows it has one brain cell and it's like, <laughs> <good> with it. <laughs> I'm gay and have one brain cell. That's fine with me. And you know what? I, I fuck with the vibes. <laughs> I, I'm gay and I have one brain cell is something I could never top in a thousand years. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you all so very much for being here with me and watching this movie. Thank you, Jonathan, for being our stri- like straight token. Yes, You're welcome. You. Did actually, did y'all have any questions before we wrap up? Like, I know, like, oh yeah, yeah. There was a uh, lot of like, hour. there was a lot yeah. of like straight kind of white folks on the screen at once. Did anyone have like you know questions about like 
what any of that was. <laughs> oh, I have was, one. John, I have or, one. Yeah, what's, John, what's I have up? a, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for you. <clears throat> Do you pump? Yeah, I pump. I bench a thousand pounds. Is I think what <laughs> he said. I said, I, yeah, I bench a thousand. Is what he said. Thousand, thousand or more. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Incredible flex, literally. Um, thank you all so very much for being here with me, for celebrating the happiest season. Ty, thank you so very much, especially uh, for, uh, you know, for coming here, for coming here, for giving Yay. your opinion, your perspective. Where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, thank you all for having me. You can find me on Twitter, uh, me the person at ty underscore g and eight r, And you can also find the uh, indie games outlet I run at Uppercut Crit. Or uppercut crit. Uppercut. Uppercut. Amazing. Do you want to do you want to plug some uh, like a URL and a podcast and all that kind of stuff? Oh too? yeah. You so sure can. you should go to our website. We're right. We're currently starting our uh, end of year letter series. Uh, our Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Seven letter is coming out uh, right after this recording. Um, is Josh writing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to check that stuff out you can go to uppercutcrit.gay um or we also have our podcasts are kind of um on hiatus right now while we do our letters but we do have a uh, podcast uh palin around which is our kind of general critical show and indie mixtape which is our indie show and anyone up is our monthly news show that's awesome kind of nsfw it's weird it's hard to explain um yeah (laughs) that's okay (laughs) awesome well thank you again so very much for being here natalie where can people find you online uh people can find me on twitter at hardymecia that's heart i-m-e-c-i-a and i'm very amazed that i did not fuck that up for once (laughs) um but i just want to say i found it so funny when tyler when they were like uh, me the person because like I was like wait why are you saying that it sounds like you're saying like me the flesh vessel um, but then you <laughs> just started like plugging uppercut oh, and I was like okay I get it <laughs> to be fair to be fair not my main and my alt are basically like the nobody and the heartless <laughs> situation <laughs> okay, so good very very good John uh, if people need uh, advice on on straightness, uh, if John, need where, where can people find you? White male perspective, <laughs> yeah, if you which really, is just if never you wanna, found. If you want to get the very rare white male perspective, straight <laughs> white male perspective, um, <laughs> you can find me at Floppy Adult. Maybe I have opinions on straight white things like cyberpunk, and uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, Good. I don't know. What else is there? Uh, pump, pump we really iron, couldn't go either pump. 99 potions or this fucking podcast without. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find me in floppy adult. So thank you. Thank you. Know, thank you for letting me be the, uh, the minority, the marginalized. Your authentic yes, self. Thank really, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You don't have to hide with us, John. I'm, I'm so glad that you don't. Yeah, this is a safe space for you. <laughs> uh, if anybody wanted to uh, follow me, I'm at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. I'm going to read the rest of the stuff real quick. Thank you all so much. We hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Please do be sure to rate and review our podcast because it helps us so very much. Maybe you could refer to us to a, an ex that you're friends with. That's a lesbian <laughs> joke. Haha. <laughs> Tell a friend. Listen to all of our stuff at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at fanbyte media. 
on Instagram at Fanbyte, on TikTok at Fanbyte, and of course on Fanbyte.com. And you can watch our excellent streams on twitch.tv slash Fanbyte. Thank you so very much to Jordan Mallory for producing. Thank you to Ty, to Natalie, to John. And from myself, I am Danielle. I wish you the happiest season. Bye. <laughs>